0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, sound from the collegial, Brett Yormark, who also says the Big 12 is done expanding right now. Also talking Houdini and what time the freaks come out. Next on Locked On Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: We're going to start this thing off right. <laughs>
0: Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always appreciate being your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. And Chris, great to be back with you once again today, my man. And we have got a boatload to dive into, we will get into Red Raider football conversation coming up later on in the program. We got to get to a list of freaks, not only for Texas Tech getting a few mentions, but also some guys that we're going to see right out of the gates on opposing sidelines make this freak squad. We'll get to before the day is done. But we've also got some Big 12 conversation to have here today, Chris. If you have not seen it, Big 12 Commissioner Brett, your mark making an appearance on the Marshawn and Uran Sports Media Podcast. And there is a boatload of conversation to digest there. We'll just bring you a couple of things that caught our attention. But, Chris, there's no question that Brett Yormark does things a little bit differently. Uh, he's got his own style. And I think in some ways that is shaken up in a good way, uh, the way that some things are done in not only the Big 12 Conference, but in other conferences and that was one of the things to kick off our conversation that Brett Yormark spoke on on the Marshawn and Yourand podcast. Here is Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark.
2: But I have learned here during expansion and I still do have a little bit of a knot in my stomach. I never want my game to be someone else's loss. I uh, it's it's it, that's a little different here. And I on the heels of not Colorado but of all four corner schools coming, I texted George, reached out to him. Obviously, he was busy. He and I spoke last week. And effectively, I said, hey, I'm sorry it came down to this. And I'm sorry I put you in a tough position. But this was something that, you know, we we had to do. And, you know, this was something that the board and our key stakeholders um, encouraged. And um, I'm sorry that my gain is your loss. And we had a very collegial conversation. George was fantastic, and I'll be seeing him again in a couple of weeks at some industry meetings. Um, I'm not one to hide, and and again, I've been very intentional um, about expansion, and I and I did that in an effort to make sure that I didn't do it. I didn't do you know expansion didn't happen in someone's shadow. It didn't happen at night. It wasn't a shock and awe moment everyone knew the big 12 had an appetite to expand and um I, I i maybe some people in the industry didn't like that that i was so intentional about it but i'm very transparent in fact i telegraphed it um and i just felt that was the right way to do it versus other things that i w- witnessed and, and 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 observed in our industry over time where transparency really wasn't really you know what happened i felt i had to do it a little differently and that's really about my personality and how i do things generally speaking yeah
1: it's uh it's as if he's uh giving the spoiler alerts uh to a movie that nobody's seen yet um at at times because he did this now he he's known things and so he can kind of give a spoiler alert at times but speaking of his transparency and, and and i go back to the to the TV deal that he kind of hinted at back in, I guess it was, what was it October or November when they were doing the big 12 basketball event. And it was like, you know, he kind of was hinting at, I envision that we will have a TV done, you know, a, a TV deal done within a few weeks or whatever. And sure enough, you know, and he, and it sounded like they already had a handshake deal, at that time, which none of the rest of us knew, but I, I just go back to some of the things that he has talked about very openly. And a lot of it comes to pass. Uh, a lot of it, you know, has, has absolutely happened. I think he's it's, he comes off as a very stand up uh, guy, uh, very shrewd businessman, but like kind of uh, one of those guys that is just like very, you know, yeah, I think the right word and he, it's his word is transparent. I just think that's the way he's chosen to operate. I, I is he taking a shot at the way um, the Big Ten and the uh, you know the SEC operated by by the USC and UCLA departures of Oklahoma and Texas? I don't know if he's doing that. I think he was in a position to also be a little more upfront, transparent, and all that because everybody kind of knew. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we were already naked. We had nothing. yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I also think he gives you a little look at his playbook in that he wasn't saying all of these things, but the Dennis Dodds, the, the people like that were certainly saying plenty for him mm-hmm. um, and, and whoever else he was, he was talking to, to through, you know, quote unquote sources. So, uh, but I I, uh, I, I think it's, um, and, and he, he can call George Klyavkov knowing that, Hey, look, I I, we wanted these four schools. You kind of knew we wanted these four schools, but, we maybe weren't even going to get them had Oregon and Washington not gone to the big 10. And that's domino. Once it fell, the house of cards came tumbling down and, and it's just wild to me. I know that people are kind of got the, the, they get the tired head over the uh, realignment and everything, but it's fascinating to me that, you know, Phoenix, the state of Arizona is big 12 country. I mean, the whole state of Utah is big 12 country. The state of Colorado is largely Big Twelve country. I mean, just seemingly overnight, you know, just boom, like here, here you go.
0: And Disney World is Big Twelve country. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Orlando, yes,
1: yes. So it's just uh, it's it's bizarre how quickly this because we've been talking about it for so long, wondering what would happen and. He kind of laid out the breadcrumbs for it, but uh, yeah, you're getting a little look kind of behind the curtain here with uh, with him kind of talking about it finally publicly. And, and hey, man, he's going to be in Lubbock next week.
0: That's right. All At the kickoff things. lunch, right. right? Absolutely. Yeah, so you could probably uh, get in and, and have a listen to him yourself if you uh, have a ticket or plan on getting a ticket. But that should be a lot of fun. I was excited to see that actually announced. Kind of surprised me that uh, – Brett, you Mark will be a part of our uh, kickoff luncheon. So that's just around the corner. And I do. I mean, some of what you're saying certainly is true as far as, look, I'm sure he's a great guy, very transparent. I'm, he's very collegial. He used that word, which is funny. Um, but he's in a convenient position to operate the way that he did. How else would you operate? Like, you keep your cards close to your vest whenever your vest has already been blown to pieces by a scattergun? No. I mean, you know, I mean, we had already been stripped bare as a league and I think anyone's paying attention knew what the context was in the PAC 12 knew what their future or lack thereof was going to be. And also knew because of that, it obviously made sense that the big 12 could be in a position to gather up some of these middle tiers that are not blue bloods or the biggest brands, but quality brands and bring them to your league, which has got a lot of what I just described, obviously now on the heels of Texas and Oklahoma leaving. And, you know, the thought of, the, the semantics and just – some of these things were exhausting to me, Chris, because the thought of like, well, if Oregon and Washington did stay, then none of this would have happened. And it's like, dude, they were never – even if they stayed, they were gone next year or in two yeah, years. Yeah, it was you know, the time. Absolutely. It was never going to happen. So I think some of – like what he was – the way that he was able to operate and communicate was somewhat a result of the positioning his league was in, which kind of leaves you unfettered when you've been stripped bare – I mean, what games do you really need to play (laughs) as far as like being coy about this or that? And I think much like, well, media deals or whatever, you're talking about him calling some shots. When someone is making a comment so publicly, especially the freaking commissioner, I mean, sometimes it's just a reporter like saying this stuff or is being fed this stuff. But when we get to that point, Chris, you would like to think that agreements are already well down the road or like. Like you said, handshake deals have already happened. I mean, that's part of the Pac-12 confusion. I kept hearing, well, it's imminent. It's very soon. It's sooner rather than later. It's within a couple of weeks. And you're thinking, well, they wouldn't say that if it wasn't already, you know, almost literally done. uh, Or otherwise, that would be a big mistake. Whoops. I guess they made the mistake because it wasn't actually done. So let us know what you're you're making of those comments from Brett Yormark in the YouTube comments. Would love to hear. Uh, your take on his perspective. As for league business, Chris, let's get to that. First, today's episode brought to you by NutraFall. Are you one of those guys that thinks losing your hair is inevitable? Maybe that's because, you know, 80% of men will experience thinning hair in their lifetime. It is normal, but it doesn't have to be your destiny. And right now you can get ahead of the thinning and take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement, drug-free and with patented technology that always gives you consistent, reliable results without compromising your health or sexual stamina. And you're going to need plenty of energy because your dance card is going to stay full with a revitalized coif. So head on over right now to nutrifallcom slash men. That's nutrifallcom slash men. And right now, for a limited time, NutraFall is offering our audience $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to nutrifallcom men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. And again, $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping right now at nutrifallcom slash men and with the promo code Locked on college as for league business, Chris, let's get to that because there were some other things that were really interesting to digest as far as the future of the conference. In part, Brett Yormark said, right now, we're done. Right now, (laughs) we're done. He goes on to say, we had a vision, we had a strategy and effectively we've been able to execute it. Initially, I wasn't sure if we'd go to 14 or 16. I think 16 was kind of a dream scenario, candidly. So from our perspective, our focus now is to integrate the four incoming schools as quickly as we can, get them comfortable. We feel really good about our future and what our membership composition looks like when you look at it in terms of where we were and where we are and where we are going. And then he adds also, as it relates to kind of the outside of the box candidates, um, we, we talk about UConn, Gonzagas, and things like that. Uh, he says in reference to Gonzaga and Yukon, quote, those conversations are no longer. Unfortunately, things didn't work out only because the dream scenario unfolded for us, that being the four corner edition. So done right now <laughs> is the key phrase there. And uh, Gonzaga, Yukon, Chris, apparently now on the back burner. What do you make of that?
1: That doesn't bother me even in the slightest uh, that you're, you're no longer talking to UConn or, or Gonzaga. I, I think that this was always in some ways um, th- these were options, you know, B, C, D, E, and F kind of thing. Like, okay, if we can't get what we want, you know, we are he, – he's told you that the, the, the folks that run this league are in charge of it, uh, which that, that he reports to, does Brett Yormark had an appetite for expansion i think they were trying to grow the brand grow the you know the footprint whatever you want to get into there but i think that realistically they were the, these schools being discussed here were never going to leapfrog in front of any current power five school yeah you know specifically the ones in close proximity like the four corner uh pack 12 schools I uh I think it's interesting that he basically says yes I was talking to him and I think a lot of them but that that's we're not talking anymore because we got done what we wanted to get done. I will maintain though the the being done for now is accurate until anything happens with the ACC. You yes. know look I I don't envision obviously if you're not talking to you Connor Gonzaga anymore I don't think there's any sort of interest on your part in the Oregon state, Washington state, or the, or the Bay area schools. I think that is, is just not anything that does anything for you. You're not interested. And in some cases they may not necessarily be interested. However, I think if anything does happen with the ACC, if it were to make sense, I I could envision a scenario to where you, you would, you would try to, you know, scoop up uh, a pair or you know quartet, depending on how big everybody's yep. going here. But I uh, think about it: this league has been twelve teams at the most. Uh, it, it was it's been ten for years. This this year, this league year, you're going to operate at fourteen, which is the biggest it's ever been uh, the Big Twelve. And, and and then obviously next year it's sixteen. There's a lot to sort through and to just get a, you know, the acclimation period so I can see where everybody's wanting to throw up a timeout and just be like, hey, man, we're just trying to get our arms around this thing first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to figure out what we want to call this thing, how we want to schedule it. Uh, and then Brett Yormark's already like his wheels are spinning like now how do I leverage it into more revenue? Right. So I have no problem that they've thrown up the hey man we're just we're good right now cuz I mean nobody out there makes sense. The only possibilities now and I don't even know if you could pick it like who I mean obviously Florida State and Clemson, okay, but I don't know if that is realistic, but if the ACC were to break apart a bit. I, I I really don't know what their quote unquote dream realistic scenario would be there. Uh, to put some schools closer to UCF, to put some schools closer to to Cincinnati and and West Virginia, and maybe have more of an East Coast presence. So we could get into semantics on on you yeah. know what schools make sense, but that's the next step if there is a step for the Big Twelve, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and that's why also I think the same talking point remains intact regarding UConn and Gonzaga, which is you can't turn there until you've exhausted every Power Five option, and right now as as tiny as that window may seem there are still power five options as it relates to the acc because they're on unsteady ground and until that changes or solidifies or totally breaks apart that's still going to be lingering in the air it may be a year maybe two years i don't know but uh yeah i think that still remains the same as far as looking at huskies or bulldogs i say a basketball only inclusion um you did capture what you wanted to capture as far as West Coast Power 5 options or the Pac-12 Power 5 options, but there are still some out there. And I don't think it's fool's gold to uh, maybe consider them candidates or to wait around to see what happens with them. So I'm in agreement with you. I don't think you have missed anything by this point in time. You've actually connected with just about everything you wanted to connect with, I think. You know, if there's a situation you find yourself in where it's kind of a mad scramble, which is sort of what it felt like, um, you know, it's uncomfortable for everybody. But I got to say the Big 12 emerged. Uh, out of that scramble, either as strong or stronger, uh, obviously, than they were the day that Texas and Oklahoma announced their departure. And I'm, I'm saying without the Sooners and Longhorns, whenever all of a sudden you were just without Longhorns and Sooners, but you had added UCF, BYU, Houston, yada, yada, you are now a stronger league. And I get Arizona football sucks. I get Arizona State has fallen off of the relevancy map and uh, their leadership is throwing a tantrum. Uh, Suck it two times, Crow and Anderson. Um, And I get that Colorado has not been relevant like in my adult lifetime in almost any way, shape or form. I get all those things. But these are still brands uh, when as compared to, say, group of five options or the previous four options that are superior any way you slice it. So they're not dilutive. They are additive. And I think at the end of the day, you've got to be glad if you're a Big 12 fan that you were able to kind of scramble around and gather up (laughs) what you could gather. I mean, I'm thinking about like, (laughs) it's like Chris Tucker being roundhouse by four different Asians and having to ask, which one of y'all kicked me? Because it was a little bit of a mad dash for a while, right? But uh, maybe a chance to breathe for just a moment. But it is not over. It is not over. I think that's uh, the rock bottom guarantee that I'll give you today. (laughs) This certainly is not a closed conversation. Maybe paused just for a moment in time.
1: Yeah, Chris Tucker, man, Uh, (laughs) he's been a mystery uh, for many, many years. Uh, After after Friday, you know, and uh, (laughs) you ain't got no job,
0: you ain't got nothing to do today. Yeah, not yet. It's only Wednesday. (laughs) It's only Wednesday. We still got a couple of days, and this one is for Mandela. (laughs) We're back on the other side, talking freaks. We got a trio of Red Raiders who popped up on this freaks list within college football. And we've also got some of the opposition to discuss that you're going to see right out of the gates. We've got a couple of these guys on the list. We'll explain next on Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day, whenever, wherever, however you're making that happen. We love you for it. Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never Miss an episode wrapping up this here Fandango with Red Raider football conversation, Chris, and in a freaky kind of way. Honey, dim the lights. Uh, we got a freak squad to discuss here. This is from, I believe, The Athletic, uh, correct?
1: Yeah, and and I feel like yeah, we should be playing like uh, the that you know song back in the mid '80s from Houdini, the freaks come out at night. You know? Houdini. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's I right. don't even like Houdini. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is from the Athletic. This is Bruce Feldman that has written this list, he's done it for a variety of different outlets. He just happens to be working for the Athletic now, yeah. but this is. ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, whoever you know—all the different uh, outlets he's written uh, for over the years—and it's a list, Calvin. It's not necessarily the best football players. Okay, right. it's not like the the draft hot board or whatever. This is about guys in college football that stick out from the norm because they are either really strong, really fast. Uh, have crazy measurables and sometimes we're combining these things and and it's easier to track now because you have weight room numbers you have GPS numbers that they track with these these monitors that all these coaching staffs across the country are using Um, and, and 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 all those things but it's it's been a minute I mean I think Tyree Wilson was on this list probably last year I don't know for sure I think he was but I uh, it's been it's probably been a minute since the Red Raiders had three people on this list, if ever, because he used to have a fairly small list. This list is uh, 101 players, and you've got uh, three Red Raiders listed. And on which
0: side of the ball, Chris?
1: Yeah, that that's uh, that's also noticeable. Uh, I think <laughs> um, I, I think so. Let's get into let's get into this a little bit. You know, uh, right at 20, I think number 29 on the overall list is a guy that I – and you know this. I've talked a lot about him, and I think a lot of him. I think he's got uh, the NFL in his future. He's going to have a chance. And it's Tyler Owens, and he's kind of somewhat of an unknown to the fan base still because they've only seen glimpses. But this is a University of Texas transfer. The first time I saw Tyler Owens, I was like, well, he, he looks like a typical Texas recruit. Uh, he he checks the the measurables box. He's just over 6'2". Uh, about 205, 210 pounds, uh, all the pedigree you would want. But wanted another another opportunity to try to get to play and play more. But I, I think what's fascinating here is they they tell you how good he was in the brief glimpses that he played last year. But also he's been clocked at 23 miles an hour, okay, by the GPS, which is would be the fastest I think on Texas Tech's team. I think I don't think anybody's clocked anywhere near that. Um, I think maybe 21, 22, somewhere around there, but 23 miles an hour is what the the GPS has clocked him at. And I think he's gotten much stronger. He's got a big-time vertical jump. And I'm telling you, he's somebody that if he stays healthy and he's productive, the NFL is going to – somebody's going to call his name next year. I just – I don't see any other way around that. Um, And I know that safeties are kind of one of those positions kind of like running backs per se where it's kind of devalued. Uh, in, in some ways, but I, I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good one for you. But it's not necessarily a surprise to me that he's so high on this list.
0: Man, I'm excited to finally see him hopefully break out and uh, remain there um, in the limelight because he's had some opportunity but hadn't quite been able to put it together to to be there consistently, and hopefully 2023 is that year. A little further down, number 35, also a guy that uh, you have mentioned on this show, Miles Cole, the air apparent on the edge, could be at least. Filling some big shoes, but he's got some big feet also <laughs> to fill those shoes with. So uh looking forward to seeing this guy in action, man, because physically he's got it all.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, 86-inch wingspan. I think he's on this list because... you you know, because of his measurables, um, you know, I think, you know, they've clocked him. It is what they, they talk about here at a little over 20 miles an hour on the GPS. So he's got a a bit of a motor. The thing about, the thing about miles Cole is that, you know, it really, his career has largely been based on these measurables and potential to this point. He's, he's out of, of time and, and, you know, he's got to show it. and, I think what's fascinating about Miles is he is one of the quieter guys you're ever going to be around. His, you know, I had a lengthy conversation with him a couple of weeks ago, and you know, after you kind of break break the ice a bit, you realize this is a dude that really he wants to get his stuff done. He wants to work really hard at it, and then he wants to just go home and chill, and not not necessarily be around many people. He just wants to kind of go watch. Uh, he, he's big into the science fiction and, and the Marvel movies and stuff like that. Kind of he, he enjoys that. He's not out at the club. He has no desire to be out, you know, and about and and kind of you know if he ever gets his arm twisted and agrees to go do that stuff, he's going to be out for just very. And then he's gonna just give you the old Irish goodbye, and not really tell anybody goodbye. He's just gonna disappear. As hard as it is for him to disappear, but th- right. this this is a this is a no brainer on on a list like this because of his freakish measurables. But the the problem is he just has twelve tackles and then two tackles for a loss last year. So if he wants to end up being a you know. Houdini playing his music and the freaks come out at night and be on the freaks list at the next level needs a very productive year. But uh, he's very high on this list because there's just not many dudes that have an 86-inch wingspan and are, you know, 6'6", 6'7", 285 that runs like he can. They just don't (laughs) exist.
0: No kidding. (laughs) Let's get to the final Red Raider, and then before we're out of here, we'll uh, mention some of those on the schedule that we will see on opposing sidelines. Number 63 on the list, our boy Jalen Hutchings. DT, light on his feet, says Tim DeRuiter. And uh, freakish, according to Bruce Feldman. I think I think,
1: uh, think Jalen, because he, he's on this list because of how strong he is. Now, this is a six-foot, 300-pound, just grown man that is very light on his feet, as you said. And I think Tim DeRuiter, I even mean, makes the comment, and, and they let him carry the ball a few times last year. That was kind <laughs> of the deal on one of those coaches' shows. It's like Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings are up there and they haven't decided if they're coming back yet. And, you know, and it's like Coach McGuire sitting over there, Debbie McGuire sitting over there. And, you know, Jalen's like, you-, you let me carry the ball, I'll come back. <laughs> and then Joey, Joey's like, deal. Yeah. Um, no and, and, and he got, I think he got two carries actually. Um, and so I'm like, <laughs> watch on the sideline, watching this play out. And he's like, all right, you know, like, yeah. you know, here we go. Right. Um <laughs> And I don't know if anybody was gonna hold anybody to that.
0: That's but. a binding verbal contract. Whatever said is on, on the coaches show, Chris, you know. Yeah. That's, that's printed in stone.
1: That, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I think, uh, I think when you see a six foot, three hundred pound guy that the the defensive coordinator is going, dude, he could be like a fullback at the next level in 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 short yardage situations or goal line situations. He could be William Perry, uh, or or whatever. But that, that's a credit to, to Jalen and just how athletic he is, uh, which is why he, he's hes here, you know. But yeah. uh, he, he benches 500. He squats 700. I mean, th- these are bend-the-bar type weights here, folks. Um, you know, 18 miles an hour on the GPS. And, again, he's never a guy that you're going to ask to run – long distances because he's playing in a phone booth typically and dealing with double teams and all that but it, it just speaks to the athleticism which is what this list is based on
0: this probably becomes a little bit of a transfer portal scouting sheet uh, for those who want to print a copy and follow these guys through the years see what they do what they don't do and then maybe take a chance on the other side just because of those measurables if say they're in need Of a new start. And by the way, I learned in high school riding around one time at lunch in my homeboy Teef's conversion van. It had a new Super Nintendo and track lighting. Yes, if you're wondering. Uh, You know, we had a little gamble once upon a time. Like, what's the fastest we could jump out of this thing and be fine? And we got about 25 miles an hour. If you don't think 23 or 24 miles per hour is moving, jump out of a conversion van today. And you're going to find out there's some speed behind that. I know it doesn't sound all that wild, but I can tell you firsthand There's some speed behind it. So those boys moving 23, 24, or even that 300-pounder, Jalen Hutchings, at a solid 18 miles per hour. (laughs) That's booking it now. That's booking it. All right, Chris, appreciate all the time and insight. As always, it's always good to be joined by our friends in the audience. How many of us have them? Friends. Those we can depend on. Friends. And I hope they'll join us again tomorrow, including you, my man. Absolutely I'm laughing at the uh, uh, the song there
1: uh, that, you're, you're taking it back man I love it uh, we, we kick, kick it back to the uh, to the old uh, hip-hop era um, uh, we'll be good uh, we will talk uh, we will
0: talk manana and uh, looking forward to it keep hope alive everybody and uh, we'll do it again soon. That's right subscribe on YouTube or wherever you got this podcast so you never miss an episode for Chris I'm Casey We'll see you for the next round on locked on Texas Tech.